We talked about the ACC games that are uh, in play this weekend. There's a lot of good basketball. A lot, a lot of a lot of teams in our listening area are killing it. Uh, you've got Charlotte that's off to a great start in the American. Uh, they're playing at Temple. Uh, UNC Wilmington. Uh, they're playing at Hampton. Uh, there's high points having a great year. Uh, they're playing at uh, who is it? Gardner Webb. This weekend, UNCG hosting Chattanooga. There's a lot of good basketball being played uh, around the state, uh, and we will uh, we will get to as much of it as we can. Jordan Reed, a, an NC Central legend, is joining us on the Adam Gold Show, ESPN.com, draft expert, football maven. Let's uh, First of all, let me get a prediction on the Super Bowl from you, and then we will go about the business of talking draft. Who do you like? I'm going to go with the Chiefs, 27 to 24. I think it's going to be a very close game, but there's just some guys you don't bet against in big games, and Patrick Mahomes is similar to Tom Brady. I'm just not going to bet against him in these types of situations. Here's the funny thing, man. The, the 49ers are a two-and-a-half-point two favorite of the last, the last I looked. I have not spoken to a single person, not one, who thinks the 49ers are going to win? It is amazing <laughs> to me. I, it, yeah. it makes me feel like they're going to win simply because nobody. I, I mean, it's kind of the weirdest thing ever that for a, a, a game that we all know is going to be this close that either team can win. Nobody. Wa- like we're afraid of being burned by, yeah, uh, by, by Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> uh, all right. You were at the Senior Bowl. Uh, how did the Senior Bowl, did it change for you perception? We know the top quarterbacks weren't there, but it did, did it change for you perception of the draft board overall? Uh, not really. You really want to use the Senior Bowl to really confirm some of the things that you saw on tape or some things that you may deny. Um, I think with Michael Penix Jr. and then also Bo Nix, who were the two highest-ranked quarterbacks there, it was a little bit underwhelming as far as some of the performances that they had. I thought they played better as the practices did go on, but it just wasn't that flashy standout performance like we have seen in years past. I remember when I was there in 2020 seeing Jalen Hurts and Justin Herbert go back and forth in practice, and obviously both of those guys were higher-ranked prospects at the time, but I just wanted to see those quarterbacks stand out a little bit more than what they did. The one guy I was surprised by, I thought I had the best week of the bunch, was South Carolina quarterback Spencer Rattler, who has really reinvented himself yeah. ever since he came over from Oklahoma. So he probably was the best of the bunch. Yeah, how about a guy that was so highly thought of? First of all, I maybe has the best name for a quarterback in the entire country. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you go from, um, from Lincoln Riley's offense at Oklahoma, it's not going well. You come to South Carolina, and they were kind of no good. I mean, they were okay. And he did. He completely rebuilt whatever prospects that he's got. Uh, I know you have Caleb Williams as your number one quarterback and Drake May as your number two. Uh, what's the is is May closer to Caleb Williams at one or Jaden Daniels at three? I think it's more so one A one B with Drake okay. and Caleb right now. Um, but as the process goes on and the more people you talk to. There's a lot of love for Jaden out there amongst scouts and then evaluators in the league. And it really just depends on your preference with those guys. I like Caleb the best of the bunch just because this off-script creatability, uh, this is the arm strength that he has, and then just his innate ability to 
what I like to call superhero plays. Yeah. Even though he has to he has to kind of contain it a little bit. He gets a little bit overzealous and tries to do it a little bit too much. Um, he has to learn how to keep the Superman cape in the closet sometimes. <laughs> but when your defense is giving up 35 to 40 plus points a game, yeah. you're always going to be in that type of mode. So I like Caleb the best of the bunch, but there is some people that like Drake May uh, as a top quarterback, and there's some people that like Jaden as that second or even that first guy. Is it possible that, let's just say Washington, who has the number two pick, is it possible that they, I know that uh, Caleb Williams is from, was it Gonzaga High School in D.C. Mm-hmm. Is it possible that they might like Drake May more, or do you think they will see what they can do uh, with Chicago and trade up to get him? This is one of those situations, Adam, where you wish you were a fly on the wall in those draft rooms. <laughs> you wish you could be in there with Adam Peters just to see what they're thinking. And Caleb would be a great story. Like, this is a franchise that needs a jolt of energy. Speaking of Washington, to have the new owners, it seems yep. like everything's going good. There's just a breath of fresh air in the building and around the program, around the franchise right now. With Caleb being that hometown guy, I mean, just imagine the ticket sales, how crazy that would be, him being the savior of the franchise, but if you're Chicago, I just don't see why there's any reason to move off of that number one pick right? unless unless Washington just comes in with a godfather type of <laughs> offer, something that you can't refuse. I just don't really see that happening, honestly, but it would be a great story, but I just don't see any reason for Chicago to move off of that number one overall pick for the second year in a row. Jordan Reed from ESPN at Jordan underscore Reed on Twitter, ESPN.com, mock draft, draft expert. Um, how many quarterbacks do you think will go in round one? That's a great question. Um, I feel good about four going right now, um, those top three. And then the one that I keep hearing is J.J. McCarthy. Right. Michigan. There's a lot of love out there for him right now. But some people you talk to, it could be Bo Nix. Um, so between McCarthy and um, Nix, those are probably going to be your fourth quarterback. All right. And uh, is – Penix, who chose not to play at the Senior Bowl, is he base? Is he? He's a, he must be a day two pick. I mean, are there any other under the radar quarterbacks that you liked? Yeah, I mean, I talked about Rattler a little right. bit earlier, but he's probably more so of your third or fourth round pick, late day two, early day three of where he could go. And I mean, there's some late round guys that some people do like John Rice Plumley of UCF. Um, Carter Bradley was another that showed well uh, at the Senior Bowl, but those are more so six seventh or uh, UDFA types. Yeah, Sam Hartman had a tough senior bowl, didn't he? Yeah, you could just tell the arm strength just wasn't up to par to some of his counterparts. It's right. kind of like um, these other guys, are, they're just teeing off with the driver, and then Sam Hartman <laughs> comes up, he's kind of hitting with the sand wedge of the putt. Oh, my gosh. A putter. You could just tell the arm strength difference was very significant from the other guys. All right, let me ask you about some local guys, and I'll try to hit one from uh, from each school. Uh, and I, don't, I don't even know if um, uh, one of these guys was there, but I know Peyton Wilson was down there from NC State. Um, how did he do? Can, did, did he play his way into a day two selection maybe? I mean, Peyton's awesome, man. Like, I've seen Peyton three times up close now. Nothing he does on the field is what's going to hurt Peyton. It's the medicals. That's the big right. thing that everybody has the question mark about Peyton. There's no questions about him on the field. I mean, he's such an energetic leader. Um, he has a nose for the fo- football. He's a great hitter, and he's a great leader, of course, too. So it's just the medical piece. Um, I would feel comfortable taking him in the second or the third round, honestly. I have him inside of my top 75 players. But, of course, that medical piece, that's just some details that we won't know from the outside looking in. So right. if he does end up slipping in the draft, that would be one of the biggest reasons why. But the film is absolutely outstanding with him.
He's so fast, and I mean, is is he a middle linebacker? Is he an edge run? What what is he at the next level? I think he can, he can be a Mike linebacker. But okay, he can blitz him off of the edge too. I mean, there's so many different ways that he can make plays. And he's, I mean, he's long. He's six four, two hundred and forty pounds. So he's the prototypical middle linebacker. So, like I said, I would be comfortable taking him in the second or third round just based off what we've seen on tape. Jordan Reed from ESPN, draft expert, is joining us here on the Adam Gold Show. I had read during the week that Tez Walker was not impressing. I, I have no idea whether or not that's true. Uh, what did you see, and what do you think of him as a prospect? He was inconsistent. I thought his hands were very inconsistent throughout the week. Um, and that was something that he really didn't show a lot of on film. I didn't see a lot of drops, uh, per se, throughout the season. I was there for the Miami game, which he had three touchdowns, and he was yeah. incredible. In that one, but he did struggle catching the ball. The contested catches was really the big thing that he struggled with. We know Tez Walker is going to have vertical speed. I mean, he's one of the fastest guys. He's probably going to have one of the fastest 40s of any player, regardless of position in his draft class. So some of those contested catches he did struggle with throughout all three days. But something that I loved is that after that, I believe it was the second day of practice, he actually stayed after with some quarterbacks and he caught some extra balls. So it obviously was in his head and he was aware of it and he was trying to correct it right away. Duke tackle Graham Barton had a like an on again off again season. He was he had a lot of injury issues this year, and I think even the first time we spoke earlier this year, you you were already talking about him as an interior offensive lineman, maybe even a center. And I think that's where you have him uh, now. Um, how good can he be? He can be very good. And the great thing about Graham is that he's played all five positions up front. He actually came to Duke as a center. That's where he played the first half of his freshman season, I believe it was, at center. So he has that experience. And then he has so many other different feathers in his cap already. And the great thing about him is that you feel good about him playing at any of those spots. Now, I don't think he has the length to consistently play tackle on the next level. That's why I like him better as a center or a guard. But you talk about somebody that has that physical demeanor um, and somebody that I, think, that I think can be a plug-and-play starter on the next level, I definitely think he can be that. Yeah, and he went to Duke, so he's automatically smart. I'm making this up, but um, <laughs> if he goes to Duke. Um, Marvin Harrison Jr., you have as the best player overall uh, in the draft, and he'll probably be he'll be the first non-quarterback to go, whether it's uh, third or fourth, who knows. Um, give me a comp for him in terms of NFL wide receivers that we see. So I don't think that there's one present in the game, but who he does remind me of is A.J. Green during his heyday mm-hmm. with the Bengals. Very similar build, um, very similar ways in which they win, very polished route runners. and Just one of those big wide receivers that has smaller wide receiver movement skills, very mm-hmm. polished route runner, really good hands, uh, can see, read, and react to coverage on the run, and then adjust to what I call side adjustments. So he's already doing things that's going to be asked of him on the next level. And I think he's one of the best receiver prospects that we've seen since, you know, Calvin Johnson, Julio Jones, and even A.J. Green, too. So he reminds me a lot of A.J. when he was coming out of Georgia in 2011, I believe it was. Wow. Let me ask you one more uh, question before I ask you about a position, position group. Is is Brock Bowers going to step into the NFL and, like, automatically become one of the best tight ends? Yeah, I, I think so. You have to limit his role a little bit, though. I don't think he's going to be that in-line blocker like we see from George Kittle and you know T.J. Hawkinson and all these other guys. But if you strictly use him as like a flexed-out wide receiver in the slot, create those mismatches, mismatches against those nickel corners and linebackers, I definitely think he's going to be a versatile chess piece and be one of the better tight ends in the league right away. Better, uh, A better version of Jimmy Graham, maybe? Not nearly as big as Jimmy, right. but you can use him in similar ways. 
All right. And uh, I've heard that this is an incredible draft for offensive linemen. Is that true? Absolutely. We could see as many as seven offensive tackles go in the first round. So if your team needs help along the offensive line, you're going to be salivating at the TV (laughs) during this draft class. There's so many good ones in this draft class. And I'm interested to see how it all shakes out on draft day just because they're all different types of shapes and sizes, too. I think you've got uh, what Joe Alt from Notre Dame is uh, as one of the best players. The kid from yeah. Penn State up there. Um, yeah. Who are the names to watch? So Joe Alt is definitely one. Um, Talise Fawaga from Oregon State mm-hmm. is another. Um, Olu Fashionu from Penn State is another who probably will be a top ten to twelve pick. Um, Amarius Mims of Georgia is another. Um, J.C. Latham from right. Alabama. Kingsley Suamatia from BYU. Is another so just name six right there that possibly could go in the first round. Tyler Guyton of Oklahoma, who was another standout at the Senior Bowl as well. So there's just seven right there that potentially could go in the first round. You think there are starters in uh, into day two at at that yeah. position? Yeah, I think so. Um, it's just the developmental arc is going to be a little bit longer. It take a little bit longer with some of those guys like Patrick Paul from Houston is one. He's a little bit thin, so he has to gain some weight. But I think he could end up being a starter or a year or two down the road. Um, and there's plenty of others in the second round that I can name. But th- this offensive type class is loaded at them. I'm so excited to see how it all shakes out. Uh, Jordan Reed, ESPN, at Jordan underscore Reed on Twitter, who, like everybody, is picking the Kansas City Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> I thank you very much, man. I appreciate your time. We'll uh, hopefully talk again uh, before the draft. All right. Thank you as always, Adam. You got it. Jordan Reed from ESPN.